no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' Week 15 victory over the Minnesota Vikings and much more. Hey, Doug, brother. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Prez. How are you? Now, I'm good, man. Club Dub is back open again, son. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, well, we told we told the audience on the last episode we're going to keep this thing going one game at a time. But guess what? This schedule down the stretch, A-Dub, is favorable. We got the Jaguars coming up uh, next week. They're a 1-13 ball club. They're tanking. They're trying to get your boy Lawrence. We saw what he did against Notre Dame on Saturday. I don't want to talk about it more than that. But, I know. <laughs> but I'll just say this much, A-Dub. One game at a time, bro. But we are in this thing. We're in the hunt. Yes, sir. I'm glad, man. We got to finish strong, brother. Got to finish strong. Well, babe, man, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode, we got to recap our keys from uh, from our preview pod when we had Justin on the show last week. So going into it, your key first was to limit Jefferson and Thielen. I think you even said you wanted to make them mediocre. How do you think we did with those two guys today? I thought we did okay, man. You know, um, we had some spurts where we gave up a, a, some yardage, but we also, you know, stopped them as well. So I said we, we were pretty much inconsistent with it, but we're okay. Yeah, I would say this. I mean, Jefferson said he got his, but, you know, he was going up against Vildor. And I like I said, in that, in that matchup, I thought that they performed a lot better against those two than we did in that Week 10 ball game. I agree 100%. Your uh, next key, you wanted to make sure that we were converting on third down and extended drives on offense. How do you think we did there? I thought we did very good on that, man. Very good on third down. And I'll tell you right there, man, us converting on third down helped us get into some scoring drives. Absolutely, because uh, in that Week 10 matchup, man, we were awful on third down. <laughs> we, we were just awful on offense altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This game here was totally different. Yeah, exactly. And we, and we even said that on the preview pod. We said, look, we told Justin. We said, look, man, you are not going to see the same team that you saw in Week 10. <laughs> right, it's exactly. Not the same team. <laughs> I totally agree. A couple of my keys, man, before we get into the episode. The first one I had, I said, man, we got to contain Dalvin Cook. That first game, we did a good job of neutralizing him. We kept him to about 3.2 yards per carry, kept him under 100 yards for the ball game. In this game, however, a Dalvin Cook got off a little bit. He was steamrolling. He was running hard, averaged 5.5 yards per carry, had a touchdown, even had five receptions out of the backfield. The one thing that we mentioned on the preview pod with this guy, you have to wrap up, you have to tackle him well, because if you let him get to that second level of the defense, you're in trouble. We saw that he had a couple plays where he kind of broke away and got into that second level. So in that part, A-Dub, at least from my standpoint, I thought we could have done a little bit of a better job there. Absolutely. We did let him cook a little bit, man. So Cook was out there cooking. No pun intended, ladies and gentlemen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but Dalvin Cook, he's continuing on with his strong season that he's been having. So that's just an area there that we just want to make sure that we kind of, you know, you know, kind of peel back the layers for our audience on, on, on real quick. And then the second key, A-Dub, was winning the turnover battle. In this situation, what we've talked about is the fact that, hey, for this ball club to get to where we think that they can get to, maybe making the playoffs here, we got to take, we got to take care of the football, but we have to create some turnovers on defense. So in this hey. ball game, Mitch had that awful, uh, you know, fourth quarter red zone turnover. Can't have that. The defense, you saw Robert Quinn. He had a sighting today. He stripped the ball out of there, but we weren't able to come up with that play, right? So right. when I look at this A-Dub, I thought we were kind of even because we had that, uh, you know, Hail Mary interception there at the end. 
Uh, right. But for the most part, I think the turnover batter situation was even. But I think going forward, even if we do make it to the playoffs, we have to win that turnover battle. We cannot have those red zone turnovers. I totally agree with you because you know what? It made it tougher for us, right, by not getting creating those turnovers. So it came back to bite us a little bit. But I'm kind of glad the turnover came at the right time. It actually definitely, definitely did. Like you said, 33-27 to 27 victory today. We moved to 7-7 seven and seven in this, in this, on the season. And like you said, we're in the thick of things with this playoff chase, man. Um, going into the ballgame, we saw that Jalen Johnson ended up, you know, being act, inactive with that shoulder injury. And we talked about that briefly on the preview pod and said, hey, you know what? He has these shoulder injuries dating back to college, you know? So he had a right. couple sh- uh, surgeries in college. And then uh, this offseason, he had the surgery on the rotator cuff. So right. I thought it was a smart move by the Bears. They were able to kind of buy a week and get him back out there, you know, maybe for that Jacksonville game. Kendall Vindor was in the game. How do you think that he performed today in, in, in place of uh, Jalen? Um, I'll be totally honest with you. I didn't think Vildor did a great job today. He had some pretty good hits out there at times, but I'll tell you, in coverage, kind of got beat several times in coverage, and I didn't like, you know, um, how he played in some of those areas. I think on one of the plays, you know, that led to a touchdown, kind of got lost. Yeah, and, that, and that's something, too, that I definitely want to touch on with you because I think it was a little bit of a scheme on that play and the play call that Pagano made, and yeah. also, too, just basically just awareness by Vildor on that play. Right. One thing I was going to say, though, uh, about Vildor, he definitely got beat by Jefferson in his ball game, but so did Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen in Week Ten as well. Right. And so, so when I look at this performance by Vildor, yeah, I think he could have been better, but I think he held up pretty well for a kid that basically started his first game in the NFL. He's he was a later round draft pick as well. Right. Right. We like you said, we kind of put him out there in the fire. Let him go out there and get tested by a pretty decent wide receiver. I mean, yeah. Jefferson, Jefferson's not a bad wide receiver to go against the guy. The kid is a rookie, but he's really not. He's not playing like a rookie. Yeah. And, and so the thing about it is, too, I'm looking forward to getting Jalen Johnson back out there because, man, you know, we, we definitely missed him out there today. But it was good that we were able to give him a, a game that he could kind of get that shoulder right. One right. thing about Vildor, uh, and I don't know if our audience realized this. Looking back um, to some of the matchups that Vildor had when he played in college against Jefferson, mm-hmm. he struggled playing against Jefferson in off coverage. So I noticed in this game, you saw that Vildor was kind of playing up a little bit more. Yeah. I would like to see them get a little, a few more jams at the line of scrimmage on, on Jefferson. But I saw right. that he was playing a little bit closer in coverage on him. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, I think he was trying to keep task of him. You know, Jefferson's pretty fast. So I think he realized Vilder from you know, all those matchups that, hey, I got to do something a little bit differently. So I, I, like you said, I didn't think he did terrible. It's just that, hey, you went against a guy who was just elite, you know? And sometimes it's like that. Well, you know what? I, I got after you in that preview pod about that. I'm going to say this, man. Jefferson, he's a pretty good receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I can take that, brother. <laughs> um the other thing that I wanted to touch on with you, Buster Screen, he was out again uh, with the concussion. Right. And so Duke Shelley started again. How did you think Duke played today? Man, Duke didn't play that well either. <laughs> I think Duke Shelley kind of got beat a few times as well, got lost in coverage. I mean, he, he was with actually uh, Builder on that touchdown play. Uh, I thought he got beat a couple times. But overall, I thought he held his own ground, though, you know. Uh, he kept coming. He, he didn't quit on plays. He gave it his all. And truth be told, I thought he played better than what Buster Screen would have given us, you know. Uh, for game one. Well, that's what I was just getting ready to say. Um, what I noticed in that Week 10 game, and I think we even brought it up on the pod, was the fact that the Minnesota Vikings, their offensive coordinator, was scheming Jefferson on play specifically to take advantage of that matchup with Buster Screen, right? Right. In this ball game, yeah, I did see that Jefferson was making plays. I don't see that they were picking on Shelly, though. Right, they did. And part of the reason they couldn't pick on Shelly because, you know, um, our, our defensive line, a lot of pressure out there, so it, it limits your opportunities. You got to think quickly, cousins. And a lot of times, he had time to think. He didn't. And then to that point, A-Dub, that's a really good point because we were getting pressure on cousins with only a four-man uh, rush, right? And we were able to drop back seven. And I think that was what the problem was for cousins and why he had to hold on to the ball because he couldn't take those deep shots because those things were already covered. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so when we look at that situation with uh, Screen and Johnson, we'll see what happens with them uh, coming back toward uh, for us in that in that Jacksonville matchup. Um, looking at this game, what was your here comes the boom moment? And we got a here comes the boom moment back, ladies and gentlemen, second week in a row. 
Yes, sir. Well, sure, here comes the boom moment there, eh, Doug? Uh, here comes the boom moment. Came on our first touchdown. Money Moon, baby. Money what's, Moon. Who, what's his name? Money Moon. Talk to Man, him. That was a good catch right there. First of all, a good rollout play uh, with Montgomery fake pass, fake rush, then a rollout pass to uh, to Money Moon for eight-yard touchdown catch. Um, that was awesome to get us on the board. The bank was open, baby. Good to it see was- Money Moon in the end zone. Bank open. The bank was definitely open, man. Nope, no, <laughs> nobody can call him EBT today, bro. He got it not done. Not today. Not today. Not today. Also, another thing that I'm not sure if our listeners or even you, A-Dub, if you guys realize, but uh, Mooney actually, uh, with today's game, he became uh, the Bears' rookie receiver with the most receptions uh, in his right. career. And that was awesome to see him break that record because I think the previous record was with Johnny Knox. Um in his rookie season, he played very well for us as well. So, man, shout out to your boy Money Moon, bro. Yeah, man. I'm very happy for him. Rookie coming in here doing big things, man. So awesome. Shout out. And then so I would say for me, my here comes the boom moment came a little bit later in the game. It was that possession, man, where uh we're basically after Mitch uh threw the pick in the red zone. Right. And the Bears defense uh was basically kind of on their heels a little bit. It was a uh, fourth down and Brent Urban had that pressure up the middle and yeah. he forced he forced Cousins out of the pocket and for, Cousins was retreating had to throw it away incomplete yes. turnover on downs and that play basically gave the Bears the ball back in basically Vikings territory and we and we set it up for a, a fourth successful field goal for my boy Cairo Santos and this guy right here Mr. Automatic we talked about it on the preview pod how when that guy's lining up to kick, you have no words. Oh, yeah, man. Santos has been awesome this year. We talk about another um, kicker that's out there injured right now. We shouldn't be ever be talking about that anytime soon. Who? I don't know him. Never heard of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Santos has been awesome, man. No doubt. Yeah, man. And the thing about it is, that is something that Bears fans we have not been used to since Robbie Gold. And I know I brought that up before, but I just want everybody to just keep that in mind. We had a kicker that derailed our season in 2018. And I brought this up on a previous podcast. I said, you remember this, A-Dub? I said, Santos was on the roster that season. Yes, he was. And I don't know if he was hurt or what the situation was, but man, if he was healthy and we had him out there instead of Cody Parkey, Lord knows where we'd be right now with this franchise. Oh, no telling, man. I mean, no telling. I mean, Santos kind of showed a lot of his value. I mean, think about this, though, Perez, this year. Yep. He was cut, right? Yep. Then we brought him back, right? Started off a little rocky by missing a couple field goals, right? And then been on a tear ever since. Been on a damn tear, bro. I mean, how many straight field goals he made? What, 20 plus? 21, 22? I mean, straight field goals? I think it's 21 consecutive. 21? Man, looks great, man. Looks great. I, but so the thing about it is, man, that guy right there is definitely, definitely one of the MVPs of this season. Because like I said, these aren't chip shot field goals either, man. I mean, these are 40 plus field goals that he's just booming. Yeah. I mean, I like that one from 48 that he kicked, man. That was all. Looked like, you know what? It looked like he can go back a little further than 48 the way he kicked that one. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. It looked like he had a little bit more range on that side. Hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he made it look so easy at that, you know? Absolutely. One thing that I wanted to ask you about, and this was something over the week that we saw happen. We saw that the Redskins picked up Lamar Miller uh, off of uh, our practice squad. Yeah. And that was something that kind of annoyed me a little bit. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it because we keep seeing what, that the team keeps protecting uh, Tyler Bray. And we lost Lamar Miller in the, in, the, uh, in the aftermath of that. So my situation is, I look at this like, Miller was a backup running back that can actually spell Montgomery. You know, when we need to spell them, right? Right, right. Because we saw in today's game, it looked like something may have happened with Cordell Patterson where he must have gotten hurt. So my thing is, I thought that they protected the wrong guy. What did you think there when you look at that position, that situation with losing that that backup running back? Oh, I thought that was huge, man. And, and here's the deal, the deal here, Press. You and I talked about this on a, a few episodes ago on the pod around we felt how Lamar Miller was, was a guy who they said could possibly get some some opportunities to rush. And that's during the time frame when Montgomery actually got hurt. Right. So we're like, yeah, we got Lamar Miller. Let's give him a chance. Well, 
We don't have anyone else if we don't have Montgomery, right? We can't rely on Patterson to do it because that's, that's not his game like that. We can't rely on all, you know, that already. And so it's like, we need, we need another guy, right? We need another guy. Yeah. And um, I thought Miller would be that guy for us. And unfortunately, it hasn't panned out with where they haven't utilized him. And then who we are now, right? So it's tough. It's tough for me. Yeah, I mean, not only did they not utilize him, but they allowed another team to take him. And right. this is my thing. I don't want to see Ryan all in that backfield. And I love Cordero Patterson, but that's a weapon that I want to keep on special teams or like kind of gadget type plays. I don't want a situation where we're getting him hurt because we're forcing him to basically run up the middle. Right, exactly. And allow him to rush the ball enough to where he's putting in too much work to where he could come up and get hurt. So got to be very careful with that. And losing Miller was a big, to me, a big loss because now we're praying that Montgomery doesn't get hurt at all the rest of the way. Yeah, we, we can't afford that. Right. Um, looking at the offensive game plan, A-Dub, I really liked the fact that they stuck with the running game today. You and I have spoken about this in the past with the fact that we need to be more balanced. Right. I've been basically beating the drum about the fact that we need to get the ball to Montgomery and keep giving him the ball. Well, that wasn't a problem today because that kid basically – had his career high in, in carries today, right? They kept right. giving him the ball over and over again. And one of the things that I see with this office, they've been very sharp since Mitch's return. What, what are some of your thoughts today, what you saw with that game plan on offense today? I want to piggyback on something you said about Montgomery, about him getting carries. You weren't just, you know, beating the drum. Man, you were blowing the speakers out. <laughs> 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 Let's get that right. You've been screaming this for weeks. Why haven't we given Montgomery more opportunities? And guess what? They finally, they finally listen to press and say, okay, let's get this kid some more carries. What I'm impressed about is the fact that we ran the ball about 42 times, you know, with this game. Oof. And I can't remember tell you the last time I ran the ball 42 times, you know? <laughs> I mean, I can't recall the last time we've done that. So to me, the game plan was simple. Let's stick with the run. <laughs> let's yep. do it. I mean, yep. we out, think about it. Mitch probably threw the ball probably about 21 times. We yep. doubled that with the running. So I would say someone really, really thought about the game plan and said, we're going to stick with this and let it, let's continue to um, milk it to the end. And it worked out very well for us. Keep it simple, bro. Keep it simple. Yes, uh, sir. Because check this out. The offensive line today, I know fans, we beat them up earlier in the season, but since this offensive line has been kind of re-put together a bit, they have been playing very well. They were physical today. They fucking beat up that D-line from the Vikings. And on offense today, I liked how we used tempo. We kept yes. the Vikings off balance. Mm -hmm. The offensive line was opening up holes. And they basically held up really well against that defense. And I don't know if our, our listeners realize this, but we averaged about nine yards per play for most of that first half. Wow, that's awesome. So that's that's really, really encouraging when you look at this offense. And A-Dub, they've scored 30-plus points for now the third game in a row. So that's big right there. And the one thing they're doing as well, and Prez, you and I talked about this here, is they've been utilizing Mitch's strengths, right? They yep. were trying to change him last year. They tried to change him early in the season as well. Let's get back to doing what Mitch does best. Right. Think they've been keeping him in a rollout, keeping him on a move. I mean, those rollout schemes where we rush the fake rush and then roll Mitch out to let him use his legs a little bit and also make decisions and throw it very quickly. I thought they've been very sharp in that idea. And I think it's been working out very well the past, what, few weeks since Mitch been inserted back into that lineup. Yeah, man, because to your point, Mitch kept plays alive with his feet. He ran when the pocket broke down. So we saw several plays there where Mitch was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to keep the ball. I'm going to tuck it and I'm going to get us some positive yards. I like seeing that. But also... When he was moving around, you still saw where he still kept his eyes downfield. And right. I think that's very, very important. Oh, man, that was huge when he kept his eye downfield, when he was on a uh, move, and he yep. uh, saw A-Rod right there on the side and hit him with the pass. I was like, man, that's that's growth to me. That's what you call growth. A guy's cooking, he's cooking. I mean, even on that play, I mean, that was a dime ball. I mean, Mitch stood in the pocket and just threw a strike. And A-Rod did a great job of getting his feet in bounds and making sure that he made that that that. Uh, catch all the way through. So that, that was really awesome. Absolutely, man. So I, I've been pretty proud of what Mitch has been doing these past few weeks. And you're right, man. His growth has been showing uh, a lot in these games here. Yep. And I mean, aside from that interception in the red zone, you can't have that. You, you can't do that, Mitch. You got to throw that ball away. But what yeah. I will say, 
He had himself another solid game, A-Dub. Yep. And it looks like things are starting to click between him and Laser. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you talk about the first half. I mean, in general, Laser's been doing a good job at dialing up some good plays. And I will say one thing about Laser that he's doing a whole lot better than Nagy is doing is dialing up plays that fits this team. Yeah, it definitely is, man. And this offense, it just looks like a whole total different offense since Lasers kind of come in there and play. And my thing is this. We're going to need Mitch to continue this level of play if we right. want to have a shot at the postseason. Oh, I totally agree with you, 100%. But we're also still seeing signs of Nagy interfering with the play calling because there <laughs> were times in this game, A-Dub, and I know you remember, we got a little cute in the red zone. We did. And I was like, that's what Nagy probably was in there. Like, I got this perfect play call, guys. And yeah. we got to stop doing that stuff. I totally agree. Let Bill Lazer just do what he does best, you know? And I think when Nagy started to dip his hand into some things, you already saying there already. Things can possibly go wrong. So got to keep Nagy away from it. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, there was that possession before they finally decided, let's just let Montgomery run it in on third and goal. They went basically no backs in the backfield. They went five wide receivers. I'm like, what in the fuck are you all doing? Right. And then they finally called a timeout, and they finally got the play call where, where Montgomery got the football. Also, I know Nagy likes to say, hey, they didn't bring me here to run I formation. But maybe you should still run that shit. Because right. we saw in this ball game, the Vikings, they don't really run a lot of I formation, but they ran it today. They had the fullback in there, and he was running in front of Cook and giving him an opportunity to get to that next level of defense. It would be nice if they ever let Montgomery – get someone in front of him to kind of lead him to the hole a bit. Oh, absolutely. With Montgomery, his skill set, the way he can break tackles, I mean, he get another blocker. Hey, this kid probably can go for another 80 yards again, you know, 80 yard rush again. So you got to think about that. You can't be married to a one design play or one style. You got to be open to everything when it comes down to football. Absolutely. Was there anything on offense today that kind of like made you raise your eyebrow and said, you know what, this is something we got to clean up? Yeah, there were a couple of things I would say uh, we got to clean up. I think the first thing I looked at, it, it was red zone. I think the play that led to Mitch's interception. I think one thing we got to really think about is what works in the, in the red zone. I think sometimes we pick the wrong plays, right, that uh, cost us, that can cost us. And I thought maybe, we, maybe we've done a three wide receiver stack up on one side like we did before that led to Mooney touchdown the previous week. I think those type of plays I want to see happening uh, because the thing is people are starting to realize who our uh, third who our option is when it comes down to red zone, like Jimmy Graham. They actually doubled him on that play that Mitch threw an interception. Jimmy yep. Graham was doubled. So yep. they noticing that. So what you got to do is got to switch up a couple of things. So I would say for Bill Lazor, got to think about it, what's going to work because they're going to start looking at Jimmy Graham in red zone. And yeah, and to that point too, we got to finish these drives with touchdowns. Uh, we yes. still settle for some field goals. And there was some times where the offense on that fourth and one, where they basically, I mean, the defense, when they stopped uh, – the Vikings on four for one. They gave the Bears offense the ball in prime territory. Mm-hmm. And we had to settle for a field goal. Right. We got to finish was, that. You got to finish that. So that was one of the things that bothered me. And also, what the hell happened on that delay of game play when it looked like the clock didn't reset and it also looked like the ref was in the way so Mitch couldn't get the ball snapped? What, what the hell was going on with that play? I think the ref may have lost sight of, of the clock. I'm not 100% sure, but it looked like the ref did it twice. It actually came and did it to the uh, Vikings as well. You right. saw how Kirk Cousins like, hey, what's going on here, you know? So I think in, in my case, I mean, I got to go back and see it again, but it looks like the referee may have made a mistake with the clock. Versus and, where's, the and, and where's Nagy on that? Right. Nagy should have been there. You should have been giving those, uh, that uh, ref an earful. I totally agree with you. He should have been all over the ref on that play. But he wasn't. He was sitting back there quiet like he missed it. Come on, man. Get your head in the game. Last thing that I have for you on, on this subject, uh, A-Dub, can you explain to me why uh, Mitch was benched again? Oh, jeez. Mitch was benched as a scapegoat. Let's just call it what it was. He was a scapegoat for a bad line and bad play calling. That's why Mitch was benched. That's my take on it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm telling you, it derailed the season. But guess what? Isn't it funny that Mitch is probably going to be the biggest catalyst to why this team could potentially end up in the postseason? Absolutely. The resurgence of Mitch. And I think this actually renewed Mitch and said, hey, look, I'm going to take advantage of my opportunity. This might be my last opportunity as being a starting quarterback. Let me take full advantage of this. So I am kind of happy for Mitch for taking this very serious and lighting a lot of fire on this team um, as he go along to lead the way. Yeah, man, because, I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. We said, hey, Mitch is fighting for his NFL career, right? 
And right. this could be a last shot of him having a starting role. I mean, I still think that he has NFL talent, but maybe a team may want to make him a backup and may not want to give him a starting role. So right now, Mitch, down the stretch, he's playing for his next contract. Yes, he is. And you know what? We should be on his radar for his next contract. I know you people don't want to hear it. Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I think he still should be on the radar. We don't. Well, we can't... Hey, you know what? Talk to him because that's a good point because this is my thing. What's the alternative? Because the, the alternative is now you're going to potentially draft a quarterback, what, in the second or third round? Because I don't think that you should be drafting any quarterback in the first round. Right. Right? Because we need to shore up the offensive line. We need offensive tackle in here, a left tackle at that. But uh, what's the alternative? I wouldn't mind bringing Mitch back for one more season. Exactly. Like you said, one more season. Let's see what we got, see what our options are. But I think we're having them back. Given a full season, letting Bill Lazor call the plays for a full <laughs> year, I think it might work out, man. I don't know. But guess what? I think that's something worth looking into. We can't turn our eyes on that. No, not at all. Let's let's turn over to the defensive side of the, of the ball. What, what did you think there about that game plan today, brother? I thought the game plan was better against the Vikings this time from around as far as putting pressure on Cousins. Because I think last time he was too comfortable out there, and they were actually beating us on both sides, right, with rushing yards and with passing yards. So I thought this time from around, we put more pressure on Cousins. We didn't let him get a chance to really, you know, eat us up and feel comfortable in that backfield. So I thought from that standpoint, the game plan is pretty solid from there. However, where I thought the game plan didn't go so well was us doing a good job at stopping Cook. He actually got too many yards to where he got breakaway yards for at least more, more than six yards. Carry-wise, that hurt a lot. And it looks like this guy was trying to take over the game. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, one of the things I wanted to pick uh, pick up on what you said was in 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 in, um, in regards to Cousins being pressured. He yeah. was definitely pressured on a lot of his dropbacks today, and as I mentioned earlier, a lot of that was just with that four man rush. We did see earlier in the game where they brought uh, Eddie Jackson in on a blitz, you know, kind of starting the game off, and I liked seeing that. I'm like, let's right. start putting some pressure on these quarterbacks and not letting them just pick us apart. The one thing too that I wanted to just say, the defense still gave up 27 points in this ball yes. game today. And in this NFL, generally, if an offense scores 27 points, they're going to probably win that ball game. So for me, there's a lot of things that I think we need to clean up on that defense because that type of effort today that we saw in parts of the effort, not the whole thing, but that type of effort is not going to cut it. Um, you can beat a team like the Vikings playing like you did today. Right. But you're not going to beat the Packers playing like that. Oh, no. Oh, no. They'll pick us more apart. You know, uh playing that way. And I think the fact that we didn't have Jalen Johnson to help us out in the secondary, that kind of hurt a lot as well. So we had a rookie out there um, who really had to learn on the, on the go. And that hurt us our secondary, right? A lot from that standpoint. And that does also hurt the schemes a little bit too, when you don't have that guy. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. I mean, Jalen Johnson, he still, he took his lumps in that, in that last matchup too. But to your <laughs> point, but to your point, uh, I definitely would prefer to have Jalen Johnson, who's basically been playing, lights out football for a majority of the season out there than Vildor. Um, and no right. disrespect to Vildor, but right. I would definitely like that. One thing, too, though, when you looked at this uh, matchup today, there were parts of that second half where the Vikings were moving the ball down the field with ease. I didn't like that. Oh, no, neither did I. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you saw some of those plays, right, with Cook, man. He was just taking over a couple of those drives. I'm like, man, can we just stop this dude? Can we slow him down, man? And, I mean... He was getting some big rushing plays out there, right? Where he would rush for like, like I said, maybe some long, long, longer than 10 yards that become impactful plays. So now they're able to do a little bit more play action to where now they'll get us to bite a little bit, right? And we bite a little bit. That opens up things for guys like Jefferson, right? We've got some catches, got wide open looks because of that, because we had to bite on the fact that they were doing play action fake. And and, and another guy that, that, that really um, got going for the Vikings was the tight end at Conklin. Yeah, he made some plays after the uh, after the catch as well, and that was opened up by them being able to get the ball going on the ground with Cook. Right, absolutely. Um, one area that I thought that we could have done a better job at with the defense today was with the gap integrity. Poor tackling was also something that I saw. There were some arm tackles that were basically attempted on Cook. He was yes. just shrugging those things off. You can't tackle him that way, right? We saw that that happened with Mingo a couple times. And we saw that some guys in the secondary kind of were hesitating on coming up and making the tackle. One thing when we were talking about Vildor, I like the way that he made those tackles in the open field today. He came up, made some really strong tackles on Cook in open field. 
I thought that was really good. We also saw that Kyle Fuller made some really good tackles in the open field. But with a guy like Cook, you just can't let him get to that second level of the defense. I totally agree. And he got to it enough today <laughs> to where it pissed us all off. Uh, but piggyback on what you said about our secondary on some of the things they did well, I think it was Shelly who actually had a good hit on Cousins, right? That hit where they thought it was going to yeah, be a penalty. That yep. was a good hit. Yeah, he, he basically forced the fourth down. Absolutely. So that was a big-time hit there. Because I think that the next play was when uh, the Vikings went for it on fourth and we, and we, and we shut that shit down. <laughs> right, exactly. We'll take it. All day long. One thing that you pointed out earlier in the episode, and I wanted to go back to it real quick, you talked about that red zone uh, touchdown that Thielen scored. And yes. on that play, you mentioned how Vildor, you know, kind of got confused on his assignment, right? Yeah. On that play, though, and I don't, and I, I would be curious to see what some of our listeners think, but on that play, I thought that Pagano could have probably kept it more simple and went man coverage there. They yeah. were in a zone. And in mm-hmm. that zone, you could just see that, that Vildor was confused on where he should have been at. Shelly was also in that area. They just both decided to cover the same guy and they left. Yes. <laughs> they left Thielen open. Yep, exactly. That's what happened, actually, right there. He could have kept it simple. Um, but you know what? Sometimes the zone coverage works, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> you know, and I think on that play, particular play, like you said, right, based upon what they had going, I think it was good to probably go man-to-man that play. Like you said. Yeah, because that keeps it simple for a guy that's making his first start, right? See man, right. cover man, don't let man score. Like, that's it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You spot on with that, brother. Uh, also, too, don't give these receivers uh, free releases off the line of scrimmage, especially in the red zone. Right. Make right. it work a little bit. No, I agree, because you know what? Um, one of those plays almost came after bite us. You remember, um, I think uh, one of those uh, receivers actually dropped the ball, uh, number 84 for the, talking uh, about the Irv, Smith. Smith, Irv Irv Smith. Yeah, Smith, Smith Jr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He actually dropped the pass in, a t- in, you know, in, in the end zone, right? That could have hurt us. I mean, that's when Cousin was scrambling, right? He kind of scrambled yep. and was decided what he wanted to do through that quick pass to, uh, to, to Smith, and Smith dropped it. But that's a catch. You got to make that. That would have hurt, though, had he caught it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Also, just one other thing just to kind of think about real quick when it comes to the defense. So in this ballgame, we, we, we talked about the pressure that was put on Cousins, which right. to me, I thought that was a really big key because it kept him uncomfortable. Right. Um, but we also saw in this ballgame, in, in a sense, we saw a couple plays by our safeties that just kind of troubled me a little bit, right? Um, right. Poor tackling. Things of that nature. What did you think of the safety play today? Man, I did not like how our safeties played today. Our secondary, to me, was a concern. We didn't play well. I mean, they weren't impactful. I'm not just talking about, I mean, looking at Bo Jackson as well. They didn't play consistently enough for me. I mean, they made some tackles at times, but they, they kind of got beat, right? And they weren't, to me, weren't in the right place at the right time when it comes down to coverage. When running the zone play, I didn't see that effectiveness to where they were able to get to the ball quicker or sooner. Yeah, and, and we also saw where Eddie Jackson took some bad angles on some tackles. He missed tackles. Yeah. Um, he in, in some cases, he just looked like he wasn't even really trying to tackle. Like he was trying to play two-hand touch out there. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. But Yeah, I don't know either, man. He's been looking a little too cute at times, you know, out there. So you hit it on the head with the cuteness uh, on previous pods <laughs> about yeah. that. But he looked, looked cute out there today. You need to buckle up, man, because when you play safety in this league, you need to be able to come up and, and, and make a hit on somebody. And I know his game is he's a playmaker, and I get that, and I love that part of his game. But we also need him to be able to come up and, and make plays as well when they're there. Right. I totally agree with you because, um, yeah, he and Gibson didn't look too good today. They didn't look sharp enough for me. No, nah, man. No. Um, so give your offensive game ball, brother. Offensive game ball, pretty simple to me. Montgomery. Your boy, Montgomery, may look good. I mean, he carried the load today. Money. Um, hey, definitely. He the reason why we're able to make a lot of things happen today. If you ask me, why did Money Moon get that wide open uh, you know, um, play to, to get in the end zone? I thought it was based upon uh, Montgomery with that 19-yard burst he did, you know? So that opened up a lot of things for our uh, for other guys on the team, you know, to get some good plays in. So we kind of did a lot of those play-action fakes because of him and put Mitch a lot in bootlegs because the running game was working. And I tell you, the kid showed the load. He did great the first half, did just as good in the second half as well. Absolutely, man. The one thing too, man, as as usual with Montgomery, he finishes his runs, yep. plays, plays with toughness, and he has incredible balance. So it's rare that the first person that hits him brings him down. Right. And that kid played his fucking ass off today. 
<laughs> I agree. I agree. He's definitely right about that. But you know what else he does as well, Press? What's he that? actually can uh, split through those holes, man. Like he can see the hole like from a distance and he can get through it, man. It's like, okay, I'll go this direction here. It's not quite open right here, but I see it over there. I'm going to go through there. So this changes directions, man. People don't get a lot of credit for that, but he does a great job with change of direction. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. He's got really great vision uh, with being able to identify where the hole is and also being able to see where he should make his next cut. So no, that's a right. really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, that's a great offensive game ball. I would give, him to, give it to him as well. He was the catalyst for the win today. He's continued his strong play as, as of late. Now this is three games in the last four where he's had 100 or more rushing yards. I just don't understand why they can't see when you get the ball in his hands, good things happen. Absolutely. And because you said that part about him rushing over 100 yards that many times, let me crack my drink up, man. I'm late. <laughs> hey, get it. Salute to Montgomery. I, I was already over here drinking, but yeah, man. Yes, sir. Welcome to the party. Yes, sir. And yeah. the thing you mentioned, though, man, around him and his rushing ability, I mean, he does a lot, man. And you're right. We haven't done enough job with giving him the opportunities to run. I wonder, was it due to our offensive line that they were worried about? I don't know. Just me thinking out loud with you. <laughs> were they worried about that? I don't know, man. That, that's, I think that might have been coaching and basically being too cute on offense. Who knows? But I would say today, they laser and those guys did a good job of sticking with him. I also think that probably some of that had to do with the fact that I don't think Patterson was available to use a lot down the stretch. So right. I think that also bolded uh, well in our advantage. But whatever it is, I'm glad that it happened. Uh, Montgomery's definitely going to need the cold tub today. Oh, yeah, definitely. He put a lot of work in the day, man. <laughs> yeah, man. He, he earned every cent he got today. Yes, sir. And to be honest with you, this game ball decision was tough, man, because I, I was kind of like leaning towards giving it to Santos as well because, I mean, as we mentioned, he nailed four field goals today. Yeah. And, ju- and it just feels good to not have to worry about the field goal kicker. And he iced the game with that 42-yarder that he made uh, late in the game because then that forced the Vikings to have to go for a touchdown because they were already right. kind of getting close to field goal range. They were. So that basically iced the game for us. Oh, yeah, man. Santos has been big time, man. <laughs> big time Santos, you know. And, uh, yeah, that was a pretty good kick that you mentioned that, that way he did, man. And like I said, man, a lot of these kicks are coming off pretty simple for him. He's making it look easy, like he's been here before. I'm proud of the guy, what he's done, you know, since bouncing back. You call it redemption. Well, hell yeah. And he earned himself some money with this season. So shout oh, yeah. out to you. Shout out to you. So, yeah, I uh, like I said, Montgomery gets the game ball from my standpoint, but I just wanted to give you another shout out, Mr. Santos. So good shit, Yes, sir. Bro. Yes, sir. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, A-Dub, who do you give your defensive game ball to? Man, that was pretty tough on the defensive side of because you know me, half full about we give up 27 more points. It's like who to get the game ball to, you know, defense-wise. But you know what? I was kind of happy for Nichols. So I, I kind of went with him this time from around. So I thought he did a good job with some of those sacks he got that he was part of. He was actually part of two sacks. He put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He was back, sitting in that backfield a lot, putting pressure on, um, on Cousins. So I thought he was a big part of what we were doing. So I went with Nichols. That's a good one, man. Nichols has played very well this season. He's having a very strong season in this ballgame, like you mentioned. He was a part of those sacks. He had a ton of tackles. And he had three quarterback hits. And yeah. to your point, that pressure that we were able to put on Cousins was because Cousins was holding on to the ball. And it was right. allowing that D-line to be able to get back there and put pressure on him. But in Eddie Goldman's absence, Bilal Nichols has been solid, bro. He's made plays in every game that I can remember down the last, the last, I would say probably the last month of the season. Oh, absolutely, man. He's been very effective for us. So I like, I like his play, man. I like the fact that every time he gets out on that field, he try to make it, make it, a, make it his best opportunity, you know? So he's been taking advantage of that time frame. I see what we continue to go with him, And um, he's, he's showing us, man, what he can do. Yeah, man. And whether it's in a running game or the pass rush, he's been doing very well. And I'm sure he's probably going to earn himself a nice little raise this off season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He deserve it. Hell yeah, man. Um, I don't know, man. For my game ball, it was tough, man. Because to your point, you give up 27 points. It's kind of hard to really pinpoint. But I got to give my game ball to a guy that we beat up a little earlier in the season. I know who you're going with. Go ahead. (laughs) Danny Trevathan. I thought thought he played very well. 11 tackles. We're not going to get into the stats part of things. But what, what I'll say about him. He filled the run lanes very well. He did. When, th- when there were opportunities to tackle Dalvin Cook, he brought him down. He did. He did. Um, he wrapped up 
did the things that you're supposed to do. And A-Dub, all I'm going to say is when you got a dog like Danny Trevathan on your defense, your chance to succeed against an opposing offense is very high. I have nothing but respect for Danny T. It was hard for me and you to basically basically tell people on this podcast that he was underperforming. But guess what? Danny Trevathan is the heart and soul of this defense, and I love the way that he played today. Oh, man, he stepped this game up today. And you know what? We needed him to, truth be told, because, I mean, like you said, Cook kind of got off to some good starts and good runs. And But you're right. Trevathan was showing that, hey, you know what? It's not going to be a little easy as you think it is. He made some very good stops. So I like what he did today. Some good tackles, too. Hell yeah, man. Uh, another guy I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, before we move on. John Jenkins. I think he, un- unheralded guy that's one of those reserve defensive linemen. I thought he showed up really good in this game. What did you think about John Jenkins today? Oh, yeah, man. I like the John Jenkins, man, for sure. You know, he was actually applying some pressure, too, on the quarterback, man. I mean, he got pat down. I believe he got that as well. He was been effective out there. So I like what Jenkins was doing. I mean, the guy can definitely get that in the backfield. He was back there. Uh, he was part of a big stop on um, on Cook. So I like what he was doing out there. Yeah, I mean, so to your point, yeah, he, he tipped that pass, and it was almost a near uh, interception by Danny Trevathan. Uh, Jefferson made a really good play to keep uh, Trevathan from being able to get that pick. But right. one of the things that I wanted to highlight with Jenkins is the fact that he even hustled down the field to bring Cook down on a play where Cook kind of yeah. got down the line of scrimmage a little bit. So, like, that, to me, was really awesome. Oh, we see a lot of effort from him, man. That, 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 the fact that lateral movement from him, that that, um, that 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 ability to just want to get out there, man, and just chase these guys down. I like that about these guys, man. And he showed that today, for sure. Yeah, and we also saw the play where Roquan Smith made where he hustled and basically chased uh, Dalvin Cook from behind. Like, he was basically 10 to 15 yards behind the play. And, and basically made the play. So we did see some guys on that defense that were hustling and making plays. So, you know, we we did say that the defense uh, has to be a little bit better, but we also want to highlight some of the positives that we saw out there today. Absolutely. I got one more positive for you today. What's that? Robert Quinn. <laughs> off, <laughs> off of that milk carton. He's off the milk carton, man. I got a chance to see him today, man. Big sack from him. I like that what I saw. And, hey, you know what? Need to see more of it. He was applying some pressure out there, too. So it's good to see that happen from the day, man. I want to see more of it. That's all I can say. Yeah, and this is the thing. We've seen the last couple of weeks where it looks like Robert Quinn has been getting some pressure. He just hadn't been getting home. Well, he got home today. And yep. he got that strip on Cousins. Uh, so let's see, man, if, if we could get Robert Quinn to wake up a little bit. Because, man, well, he hadn't done anything in weeks, man. Like, as far as, you know, on the, on the stat sheet, you know. Right, right. And, and the good thing with the, those pressures, though, he did have Cousins moving a little bit out that um, pocket, you know, or even closing him in, right? Even though he wasn't getting the recipient of some of those sacks or, you know, some of those hurries, he was actually a bit recipient of, of applying pressure from his side to, to where Cousins pretty much saw him coming, you know, and had to make some moves. And, when, and that's what we need this guy to do, because when you got Khalil Mack playing opposite of you, when he's demanding, when teams are game planning against him, they're not game planning against Robert Quinn. They're game right. planning against a Khalil Mack. And these other guys have to continue to step up. So we're seeing Bilal Nichols taking advantage of the opportunities that are being created by Khalil Mack. This is why we need Robert Quinn to continue to do what he did today. So today was a good step in in, in that direction for Quinn. Totally agree with you. Who did you have for your underperformer? Underperformer? I thought for me, underperformer-wise, I had to go with um, Eddie Jackson, you know? Okay. And and part of the reason I went with with him this time from around, because again, I didn't see enough from him, you know? Um, The one play that does sticks with me is something you mentioned uh, on episode 22 around the 63rd minute you talked about eddie jackson and his ability to knock the ball down on that hail mary you thought you was picking on him a little bit too hard you wonder who you were well i'm here to tell you that you weren't picking on him too much i thought the fact that it, that the criticism you gave for him was fair and it's, it's the same way again today to where i see him not really making those big plays that you're looking for and then another hail mary came back where he tipped it that could have ended up in the hands of a Vikings player because he tipped it right over there when the Vikings players just moved a little bit too fast and missed it, but it ended up with an interception. But those kind of plays like that are 50-50 that could either hurt you or help you. And I thought in most cases, those things can hurt you. So I didn't see enough from him today in general to where I thought he'd be more impactful, especially without Johnson. Yeah, and and that's a really good call-out too, man, especially on that Hail Mary play. Listen, man, I know, you know, these things happen fast on these plays, but he tipped that ball and it was straight up in the air and it gave Jefferson a chance on the ball. And thank yeah. God that, you know, he kind of outran the play mm-hmm. and Sheriff McManus was able to make the play. But I'm telling you, when I saw that ball go straight up in the air, 
hey, Dub, man, I almost launched a damn remote over here. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I'm the, I felt the same way, man. It just ticked me off. And the, to your point with, with Eddie Jackson, man, the guy's got so much talent. I don't know what's going on with him this season. I don't know if he's just thinking too much out there, if he's trying to force to make, you know, some game-changer plays happen back there. But he's just got to focus on his technique and, and just tackle and just play like the all-pro guy that he is. He's an all-pro talent. Right, we absolutely. Just have, we just haven't seen it this season. So to your point, I think he, he did underperform today. He just yeah. needs the ball out, man, and start tackling guys out there. Exactly. And I saw they was getting beat to certain spots on the field. I'm like, come on, man, you know me get there, you know? And uh, he had a, a one big play, I'll say, early in the first half, you know, to where he got there, did a blitz or something like that, where he got in the backfield, you know, and I thought he did good with that play. But I'm like, after that, it's like I didn't see much at all from him, you know, in, 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 the, um, in the second half. So I was looking for him to be more effective around that, right, to where he can make an impact. But we allowed Jefferson these guys to get some plays that they shouldn't have been getting because he wasn't there to help stop those plays. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep. So, so I just hope that Bojack, man, I just hope he, he steps it up in these last two games, man, because we're going to definitely need it. I agree. Um, my underperformer was uh, Chuck Pagano. Okay, go for it. Um, again, 27 points they gave up against Minnesota. That was eye-opening to me. Uh, the defense, once again, A-Dub is struggling to put away average opponents. That's troubling to me. Uh, the Vikings were able to move the ball in so many different ways against our defense, especially how we talked about in that third quarter. That opening drive for the Vikings in that third quarter, they went down to feel like it was nothing. Uh, that was a combination of Cook with strong running and then those pass plays to Jefferson and Conklin, right? And right. so for me, I just feel like Pagano, he has to stop allowing this very talented defense to get picked apart. He's got to start putting more pressure on these opposing offenses, and he's going to have to do more because, as we've already said many times on this show, this defense has some dogs, you got to unleash these guys on these opposing offenses because we're too talented to just sit back and be this damn conservative on defense. I totally agree with you. And that drive you mentioned, that first drive that came out the second half, man, um, I didn't like it at all either, you know? But you're right. That's, that was a time frame we allowed Cook to continue cooking. And it's like, what adjustments did we make to slow him down? And I didn't see, a, a, to me, I didn't see an adjustment that was made to slow him down. No, nah, man. Pagano's going to have to do a way better job of scheming against these opposing offenses, bro. Point blank. Um, I want more pressure. I want more turnovers. I want to see these guys being put in positions where they can make plays. Totally agree with you. One thing that we didn't touch on on this episode, and I know this is something that you're going to be happy to talk about. We got a, a third quarter touchdown, bro, on offense. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Oh, and that, and that was such a good drive because the Vikings had just basically marched it down the field on us. That drive, A-Dub, was as a perfect answer to what the Vikings did. Oh, I totally agree with you. I thought that drive itself, to me, what helped us secure the lead and keep the momentum, right? It didn't give the Vikings an edge, right? Because, you know, there are certain drives that give you an edge. It didn't. I thought that we took the momentum back by doing that. So I will say that drive particularly, man, was a big drive. And that's for Montgomery to get that TD. That was awesome. Yeah, man. And then they stuck to the running game. So, you know, we talked about that briefly. But they stuck to the running game on that drive. And we got a touchdown. And that was really encouraging to see. And I really hope that the Bears get back to what they did in 2018. Because that season, a lot of times it seemed like they had these scripted drives where First quarter, third quarter. They were like, hey, here's the drive. This is what we're going to do. We've been we've been doing this in practice. We know these plays like the, the back of our hand. We're going to march it down the field. And I would like to see them get back to that formula because oh, that shit worked. I totally agree with you. In addition to that, what actually I thought that was also critical as well was our play on third down. We had a couple critical plays on third down that I thought was awesome how we played those. For example, it was a third and fourth shotgun play that they threw to uh, Montgomery for um, a couple yards, you know, to get to get the first down on the right. He threw a, th it was a 30-11 that he hit, hit Miller for for a, for, a, for a few yards, for 13 yards that led to a first down. So I thought there was a couple of key plays right there that led to Montgomery th to be able to score a touchdown. As you know, I talked about third down as being a critical uh, down for us, and we had to, to wait for us to extend drives. And I thought we did so on that. No, yeah, we definitely did. Third down. We definitely uh, answered the challenge today, and uh, 
Yeah, man. I mean, I look at this ball game today and I say offensively, there was a lot that I really liked. There's still mm-hmm. some things that I think that they're still being a little cute with the play calls. I think that they need to shore that up. They need to get Matt Nagy off that headset sometimes. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe somebody, I hope they could jam his signal. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Because, man, you can just tell when he starts interfering, bro. You can just tell. It looked different, does It's like, yeah, hold it on. You look way different. You're like, wait. This shit was rolling. What happened? What changed? What do you say? Right. I'm like, what do you say now? What do you say? <laughs> that's like that. That's like that manager at work, man. Like y- your team, y- y'all been rolling. This the manager's been on vacation. Everything's good, right? Then he come back and he was like, man, I'ma change something. Just the, just for the fact to just change it, just because your ego can't allow things to be working well without you. You're like, that's naggy. That ego right. <laughs> just kill a whole vibe with that, doesn't it? <laughs> Dude, right? Man. But hey, Dub, man, the one thing I'm just going to say, and I kind of mentioned this earlier in the show, we got to take this thing one game at a time, right? So, right. again, we got Jacksonville up on the schedule, but you can't take this team for granted. We got to come out there. We got to punch these guys in the mouth, right? If we get right. a lead, we got to hold that lead. We got to put this team away. We can't let them hang in the game and linger around. We have to get the job done because – Right now, we are in the hunt, and we have a really prime opportunity here down the stretch, A-Dub, with these last two games, right. of being able to win out. And the reason why I feel that way is I have a feeling that the Packers may rest their players in Week 17 because I feel like the Packers have done enough that they may not even need to play Rodgers in the game. But even if they don't rest their guys, I still like our chances in that, in that Week 17 ball game. What are kind of your thoughts when you look at the final two games of the season? No, I think you hit it right on the head. It's possible that they could rest their players. As a matter of fact, go ahead and return a favor. I remember a few years back when we rested our players to let them get in the, <laughs> and let them get into the um, playoffs. Remember that? And that was a fucking big mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> it sure was. So I hope they return the favor by allowing us to get in, right? Rest the players, because guess what? It's going to be a big week for you guys when we play you all again. So that's what I hope happens. Yeah, man, we should definitely see. But I'll just say this, man. Uh, we got a prime opportunity uh, playing a Jacksonville team that, like as I mentioned, looks like they're in major tank mode. Right. So we, we just got to come out and and play with that, you know, that passion and, and, and basically get the get the job done. We're gonna turn it over to some of our fan reactions, man. I want to get your thoughts on what some of the people in Twitter land were saying. We got some good ones today. Yes, sir. So the first one came over from Grandpa Beardo, and he said, and this is in regards to Cairo Santos. He says. Deliver the goods at Christmas time. Santo Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Santo actually came early <laughs> for all of us, and he's still delivering. So it's good to see him there, see what he's doing. He's uh, doing a good job. He's been consistent, and we can rely on him. Absolutely. Um, Sean Abram, he, <laughs> and this was funny. He basically shouted out Charles Leno. He said, Leno with a block, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> hey look man hey look we've been beating up leno for a while right it yep. was good to see him get one in you know maybe the guys around him are starting to rub it off on him to say hey keep going they've probably been encouraging him a lot so it was good to see him pick up a good one oh yeah um our uh, friend of the podcast like uh, kenneth Sabi, uh he basically just said i fucking can't stand chuck pagano <laughs> yeah, I understand why, <laughs> you, you know, uh, like you hit on earlier, you know, Pagano didn't do a good job of making adjustments. And uh, as you can see, time and time again, it's still been the same way, but uh, for him, but it's like Pagano's going to have to do something different going forward. He's going to have to with this defense. It's not like he got a bad defense. It has a pretty good one. So the way he allowed things to happen today with Cook, that hurt a lot of a lot of our hearts. And he, he needs to do better around that. Absolutely, man. Um Another friend of the podcast, Jeffrey Carter, <laughs> he said, a third quarter touchdown. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll take that, man. Third quarter. I mean, that's been our quarter where we've been struggled. It was good to see us, you know, get, get, get one in, get a touchdown in. It's been a while since our offense scored a touchdown a third. So we'll take it. Absolutely, man. Uh, <laughs> here's one from uh, Steffi Cubs UK fans. And he just said, wow, big win. Bear's still alive. Oh, yeah. We still in it, baby. We're not going anywhere yet. And so it's good to be alive. Good to still be in. Good to still have a chance. And hey, guess what? Like you said, Prez, got a favorable uh, matchup going into next week. 
Let's take advantage of it. Exactly. Take advantage. The last fan reaction comes over from our buddy, Notorious CMG. And he got a question for A-Dub. He says, when I say money, you say moon. Get it. Money, moon, money, moon. Yes, sir. (laughs) Hey, look, man, I was excited to see Money Moon get that touchdown. But what I was most excited about more than that was the fact that Bill Lazor put some plays in right to get him going. And you saw some some nice plays for uh, Mooney uh, in this game. The rushing play he got where he bursted off for about 10, 11 yards. Yeah, that jet, that jet sweep, that was nice. Yeah, yeah, that was nice, man. You were saying that before about getting someone fast, right? Opposed to A-Rod. I'm not saying A-Rod is slow, right. <laughs> but you want to see someone else get in that jet, right? Exactly. So, good to see Mooney being part of that scheme there, you know? So I thought that was pretty cool. I like the fact that they're utilizing Mooney. They're getting him involved. I want them to keep up with that. Uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on. So you remember earlier in the season, we gave our, our season uh, predictions, and I had us being 10 and 6 at that at that time. Right. Now we're looking at this where we're 7 and 7 with two games left of the season. Right. Now I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know what, A-Dub? We're going 9 and 7. So I might have been off by a game, but I still think that we got a strong shot to win out. What What are your thoughts there on uh, the, your final season prediction for the team? You know what? I was wrong on two levels. Remember I said it 10 and 6 along with you? Yep. Then you asked me a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, what do you think about this team, <laughs> right? When we lost the uh, Detroit Lions. And I was like, man, maybe we probably go 7 to 9. Remember I said that? Yep. I was wrong about that too. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm changing my stance again. I think we can go nine to seven. I think we can win out. I mean, Mitch has came in and just changed things around for us. I mean, the entire culture, I'm going to call it that. You know, Bill Lazor calling the plays up, Mitch coming in, doing his thing, and we have a revamp offensive line. I think that's enough to get nine to seven. And I will say this. I was really encouraged by that play that Mitch made to A-Rob because he saw that he had A-Rob on man coverage. Yeah. And he took advantage of that matchup. That shows maturation in Mitch. And I know that some people may think, oh, that's a small, minor thing. But guess what? That's something that I'm going to choose to look at as a positive, And that bodes well for the success uh, of this offense going forward. Oh, I got, in addition to that, I like that what you just said there, for sure. In addition to that, what I'm also seeing from Mitch, I mean, I'm starting to see some hard counts from him. He, yep. we, got, we got that third, we were in third and seven on one of those plays, and we got third and, and third and two because Mitch did a hard count, you know? Yes, sir. Um, so I'm, we're starting to see a development around Mitch, or like I said, around some things here, you know? So I like that part of it. And one final thing I will say in general about the, our offense, we're playing with pace that you mentioned earlier. So let's make sure we clear with that part, pace. I like the pace we're playing at. Yeah, continue to play at up-tempo. We have to keep playing that type of style because that fits Mitch's game to a T. Rolling him out getting him on the move, right? Mm-hmm. Using Mooney in situations where he could use that speed because we saw in this ball game, they weren't able to keep that kid in front of them. And that's going to be something that we're going to be uh, very much needing going down the stretch. Uh, one other thing I just thought about, we criticized, not necessarily criticized, but we pointed out the fact that A-Rob earlier in the season wasn't getting a lot of yards after the catch. Right. Something's flipped with him where I've seen him now catching these balls and going up the field. So when that play in the game there in the fourth quarter, instead of going out of bounds, which I wish that he would have done the same thing in that other yeah. game, you <laughs> saw how he careful going out of bounds and he went up the field. Right. So, so a, light, a life switch is going on with A-Rob, and now he's like, you know what? I got to start getting some of these uh, yards after the catch. I think he heard you. That's what I think happened. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, because you called that play out then. And guess what? Since then, hey, he turned back. The, hey, look, he listened. He made a change. And guess what? Like you said, he didn't go out of bounds. He kept going, kept him moving, man. And, man, he's been looking very good lately. Man, I'll just say that, man. He looked pretty good the entire year, but he's looking better these past few weeks. Pay him. Pay him up. And the thing about it is, too, with Mitch back in there, Mitch is getting on the ball. He is, you know. And I think that's even better, too, just even seeing it, right? Like, man, I thought they was getting back into some groove when, um, you know, when Foles was throwing to him. Foles did throw to him a lot. But it's like he didn't miss a beat with, with Mitch going in there. So it's no. really good to see. It, it really is. Exactly, brother. Exactly. Well, hey, man, before we get out of here, there's a couple of little items that I wanted to do. The first thing, I wanted to give a shout out to a Facebook group, Chicago Bears for Life. A, a lot of those guys, they listen to our show. And so I wanted to give you guys a shout out, bear down, big time win today. And we'll see what happens in Jacksonville, guys. Yes, sir. The other thing, 
A-Dub, we, we had the Richard Dip autograph picture that we put up today for the contest. And Pundit's Pundit almost won it. His prediction for the game was super close, man, super close, but he missed out on it. Uh, but he said that he made his guess based on the uh, the game with Jim McMahon uh, led the Bears on that come from behind Victor when he came off the bench against the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, but he said that that was what his score prediction was. But he was the closest person. So we're going to run that contest back again for uh, week uh, 16 against the Jaguars. Um, and I'm telling you, you guys, that somebody's going to want that uh, Richard Dent autograph added to their, their man or lady cave. Absolutely. So, hey, put your best foot forward. Go ahead and get that autograph. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, A-Dub, man, Club Dub was back open. I'm sure those guys were turning up today. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going to have me another Kinslogger brew, another little Chicago comment here. But brother, go ahead and sign us off. Thanks for listening to the Very Centers Podcast. This show is now available on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will be joined by Phil Smith from the Believe in the Jaguars podcast as we preview the Week 16 matchup against the Jaguars. Bears Nation, come down with us. Hey.